Today, I'm in the kitchen of mother and daughter duo, mainstays on our screen. Think T4's iconic pop world, endless music festival coverage, the ever-addictive Great British Menu, regulars on our radios, and Saturday morning TV. And today, cooking, critiquing, and serving up a feast on the London food scene. And I'm going to put it out there. Uh, I might just be very excited about this sandwich. And you've actually just confirmed it's going to be a good one. Oh, it's going to be a really good one. I've put a lot of thought into this because it's food. And I never don't put a lot of thought into food. Okay. So do you want me to tell you about the sandwich now? Take no, it, no, save it, it, save it, save it. Okay, save it. Save it. Today, I'm quite excited about it. Special, <laughs> the special. The intro hasn't even finished. I know she's <laughs> talking to me. <laughs> Today, I'm in the East London kitchen of Andy and Makita Oliver. Welcome to the show and welcome to your own kitchen. Thank you very much. It's very nice to be here. <laughs> Thank you. I do like being in our own kitchen. Yeah, not that we're not sick of the sight of it after lockdown. <laughs> after lockdown, we spend a lot of time in this kitchen in lockdown. But uh, yeah, but I mean, uh, but it's the it's the room where you felt in lockdown that things were still sort of moving in the normal. sitting rooms of the world. They were still very still rooms. Yeah. I mean, interestingly, I think, you know, people got very complicated in the kitchen in lockdown. Impressively. Impressively, sometimes. Sometimes not so <laughs> sometimes much. Sometimes not. Sometimes, good Lord, what is that? Because yeah. people kept running out of things. So there was a lot of, you know, replacing this for that. Do you think there's a lot of failures? There was a lot of, uh, I, I don't actually think of it was failures. I just, <laughs> I was part of the journey. <laughs> to creative interpretation. <laughs> But, you know, like at one point we ran out of, uh, you know, the, the great flour shortage yes. of 2020 and uh, we were making fried chicken and, I, and, I, and then I, I ran out of breadcrumbs, I ran out of flour, out of everything, had a bit of flour and then I realised that obviously in my muesli there was loads of oats. So I blitzed up the muesli and mixed it with the flour and I used Keeping that to the cook the fried chicken. And I left the raisins. It was delicious. absolutely delicious. I left the raisins I left in. it all in, babe. No, seriously, That's it was amazing. It was amazing. It was like, I've I've did, I've made it on TV since. Yeah, <laughs> rebuild yeah. it as your own. Yeah, why are you doing this? It was good. So, am I right in thinking this kitchen is a newly fitted kitchen? Tell oh, me about it. Oh, it's the new fancy pants, schmancy, schmancy. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Oh. No, it's like truly the kitchen of your dreams. It's just gorgeous. I mean, the kitchen of my queen's dreams is still bigger with a sofa in and a table, but... A sofa in the kitchen? Yes, I like those kitchens that oh. have got big parts, you know, yeah. two big parts. Yeah. You know. So there's the kitchen bit and then there's people like, you know, down the other end of the kitchen watching a bit of TV yeah. and on the sofa chatting. <laughs> you have a kitchen big enough to say, I'm just down the I'm just saying, I want kitchen. a kitchen like Le Chateau. You basically want a kitchen that you can live in. Yes. <laughs> well, the, so but far. you know, this was a little dark kitchen mm. and we've taken out a wall, opened it up, suddenly it's light and my, our brilliant friend, Tom Matty, who is like the, he's just like a dream human. Yeah, well, my mum has this team of guys that like kitted out her restaurant Andy's and they sort of do all that kind of restaurant. They um, also build half of Glastonbury. They're yeah, like, yeah, they're just yeah. like oh super duper, yeah. duper, duper duper. And I think you if you I mean? get a kitchen built from people that you really love and they love you and they're, yeah. they are expecting to be cooked beautiful food in it often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they it's really, in their interest. They 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 around they're around a lot. Tom, yeah. Tom stays here yeah. a lot. He used to sleep on the so floor. They, mistaken for a In essence, they're building their kitchen. Yeah, yeah. He's like, and you know, he's one of my best friends, basically. And so he really, honestly, he put the team of people together, Philzy and just some lovely people. And they put so much love into it. And they just turned this small space into this 
it's it's just a dream to yeah. be in and i'm White just cupboards, in it like be- gorgeous yes, brass handles little gorgeous brass handles that um and the nice soft lighting that's why i'm nice all i live for lighting like when you can i know it's dimmer. about a, a dimmer, dimmer. It is and warm lighting it's, it's actually about a few dimmers the lighting here is awful and they put dimmers right through the house and it's changed my life yeah, yeah. everything i'm like oh gentle i'm like calm i've I seen like the very nice like, candles dimmers that's yeah like, oh yeah i've seen this is what voices. i hope you don't start talking like that every time so am i right in thinking that this is the most important room in your home absolutely absolutely 200 million percent absolutely it's the heart of our house it's the heart of our flat it's the heart of our family it's where the visitors come it's where we always stay and now because in the old kitchen you couldn't sit in it there wasn't anywhere to sit right now they've built this lovely little breakfast bar and you can sit like we sat and worked we're doing a lot of very exciting work together we were on our computers together at the breakfast bar that was quite nice (laughs) it just feels really lovely to be able to finally inhabit that part of the house it's open up the house and get basically there's an extra room now yeah, yeah. and it also it it's it has actually enabled us to do a lot of the things we did in lockdown like what's yeah. for dinner mummy that we do for instagram that we started doing on instagram which is just but i forced her which my mom forced me to do and then i decided to take it over completely and scorsese it so, so hang she, on she, so we call her marty <laughs> <laughs> so what was the last meal you cooked in said kitchen in this kitchen, uh, yesterday, one of my oh, oldest so friends good. came round, Caroline Harris, who, oh, just adore her. And I haven't seen her for at all. I've probably seen her for about a year or something. Yeah. She's brilliant. She's a costume designer. She's really extraordinary. You can you can look her up. She's amazing. <laughs> but anyway, she came in for dinner, for dinner, lunch, late lunch yesterday. And I made, I made, uh, we do these bowls because I'm very into a broth. Oh yeah, I love a broth. So I'd put a stock on in yesterday morning anyway because I had some. I keep a little bowl next to the cooker, and you know, put all the bits, ends of onion, yeah. bits of chili, or whatever is there, and then put that in the pot the next morning and put on a broth. So you've always got a stock going. I made one just this morning. Vegetarian at all? Or? So yeah, 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 oh, yeah, okay. yeah. So they generally start vegetarian, and then I'll add meat to them yeah. because I don't know if they're going to go meat or fish, and depends what we're going to do. So uh, that then did become a chicken stock. So we had a chicken broth. And I made poached spiced beetroot, so separately, so everything didn't go red. And then I roasted um, pumpkin, courgettes. Keep a little bit raggy while through that. And then we made some quinoa and I roasted pumpkin, courgettes, aubergine and something else. I can't remember what else was roasted. Loads of lovely little vegetables. And then I char grilled uh, sumac rubbed, um, spice rubbed chicken thighs, Ooh, took the bones yeah, out, yeah. put them on the char grill, got them really crisp, put them in the oven. So then you pile, oh, and uh, so you put the quinoa in the bottom and then you put the roasted vegetables in, scatter some of the beetroot around it, cut the chicken up, put it on top and then you pour the broth around it. Oh, how brothy then, is it? Like very brothy or just a little Well, it's bit up to you. Oh, yeah. So we have a teapot. Oh, it's nice. Yeah, you have a teapot. So you, you pour, pour in your broth. broth. You can do that if you just want the little, you can do that. And if you want to take the broth and make it more buttery you can put that in the pan with a little butter and reduce it and make it thicker and so it's more like a sauce than a broth you can it's great because mum's always been about building bespoke bowls she likes I just, that she I likes just, to build I just like I just think everybody should have what they want on their plate totally that's why I like a tapas yeah like a really good tapas that's why I like Japanese food I like food where you can order loads of stuff for the table and you think oh I have a little bit of that <laughs> yeah you do like and a little, little bit of that oh maybe I'll put a little of that on the top <laughs> That's like, that's like Andy Heaven. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, 
Am I right in thinking that you're doing all the cooking and you're not stepping up at all? Oh, <laughs> I'm just checking this out. Okay, well, okay. Well, if we really want to get down to the nitty gritty, she doesn't like me in her kitchen. <laughs> I'm not welcome. She is and welcome. No, 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 welcome. It's no, no, not no, no. welcome to film her. No, she's not doing what she's told. In right. So come in the kitchen. Then, you know, yeah. no, she the, pretty much wants you the out rules. there as well. No, 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 <laughs> there are no rules apart from, uh, no, there are a few rules <laughs> that are just, just made up so that she can <laughs> no, just go, up. the rules are broken now, get out. <laughs> <laughs> really not even anything I said turn left, turn right, just, just get out. You're wearing your shoes. But out, it's, uh, yeah, no, it's the fine. main rule in the kitchen is don't put your hand in the food. Oh yeah, and I cannot, I'm so bad, I'm so bad, I'm so bad and I always just like get a teaspoon of me, take a bit of this, need a bit of this. Oh my God, you're literally, I have done some research on you, that was my next question. You seem like quite a tight knit family, but the nibbling apparently is an issue. It's an issue. <laughs> we spoke about this yesterday. Before, so. <laughs> oh, I've done yesterday. Oh my this. god! There's literally you go in the fridge and Rikita will do this. <laughs> Little then, nibble around yeah. the thing. I put it back in the fridge. You're like, why are the teeth marks yeah. on the bloody my? I don't know. It's like I, like a little hamster. I've always She's done like that. a weird little like yeah gerbil. It could be worse because she could just eat all of it. Yeah, I would yeah, never would do that. Annoying. I would well, never do that. I'm not sure that. if it's more annoying or differently annoying. <laughs> We've got a friend called Charlie Crockett who we call Foff, friend of the family. Foffy. And uh, he's incensed about her nibbling. <laughs> he's really not <laughs> he feeling it at all. It. He's like Makita, seriously. I know, but it's it's because um because it's the nailing a little bit. <laughs> so the one more than that. I'm like, take a knife, cut a piece off. It's very annoying. Oh yeah, knife. Okay, okay. cool. Got you. Got all right. You. Oh, like it's the first solution territory. Okay, nice. All right. Um, okay, I need to know about three weeks traveling together in a car. Oh. Tell me about this. I could not imagine three weeks with my mum in a car. Do you know? <laughs> by the way, by the way, everybody says that to I, us. Like, how did you not kill each other? Yes. And why were you still laughing? Yeah. And in, amazingly, it made us closer because it was do or die. Right. It was, we're either going to deal with this or I'm going to throw you out the moving cars. Yeah. As we, as we Did you share the across. driving? No, no, because I didn't pass my test down there. The BBC, the BBC, oh the BBC, the BBC said me and Jordan, because Jordan was doing a car, to get oh, our, you know to Jordan pass our well? test. Jordan Rizzo kicks Jordan. Jordan. Oh, okay. Who's like and, uh, my nephew as well. Yeah. So his mum is one of my oldest friends. So. Yeah. So we were like all going as my family on this BBC <laughs> oh show. But we, uh, we went and we, uh, I desperately tried but it was really hard because you know it's pressure really anyway pressurized. and then they were like well you've got to pass first time because we don't have enough time we start production I was like what well, guys so I failed and they were like alright it's right Andy will do all the driving and then they said to Jordan Tinchy Strider will do all the driving for you so um, Tinchy Strider over the day just began to hate Jordan yeah, for well, making him do he got he found the driving quite tiresome it, but even as a driver who's been driving for a while and we would have been new drivers I like, wouldn't have let if Makita had passed Asked her test. I realised when we got there, I wouldn't have let her drive. No, anyway, I would have been too tricky. Thailand would have been all right, Thailand, but Cambodia. Not, Cambodia, they drive like like Crazy. like chicken. They at play time on the on wrong the motorway with no lights on. They yeah. come at you on the wrong side of the road, giant articulated lorries with no lights on, and you realise they're not gonna move oh my god it was you scary, have to get yeah. out of the way so i just wouldn't have let her drive anyway it was quite scary by the yeah. way we won the uh we won the prize the I prize forgot. for endurance because we dealt we went with it through so much we went through a lot i mean i they what was thought, the high what was the low 
The low was when they thought I was going to get uh, thrombosis, thrombosis and that I might have, it might go to my heart and I might yeah. have to stop. Because my oh mum's ankles swelled up like double the size. I, I have actually quite slim You've ankles. You've very, very <laughs> slim ankles. And as, a sli- as a slim ankled family, we were like, yeah, I'm sorry, what? Like, was, they were a bit like, because I was like, my ankles are swollen up. And they're like, really? I'm like, my ankles don't normally look I don't, like this. We well, don't just go on like this. I know this. I'm not a size eight, but my ankles <laughs> are slim, all right? There's no cankle here. There's no cankle <laughs> but when we were in um, Cambodia was it Cambodia we were um, just because obviously this is about food and I want to tell you about something yeah. um, there, there was this woman uh, uh, sort oh. of uh, about, uh, about outside of petrol Thailand. Thailand, Thailand outside a petrol station it was like oh an old, a family a whole family generations the whole generation of Maybe the family shop. and the, the grandma was making these little coconut oh. puddings in this little Pancake. iron dish yeah a coconut pancake pudding oh. and a I've never oh tasted God. anything so lovely. It was so it's been making my mouth all gentle. It was gentle. Was it, it in was like so one of those cast iron things where it's got yes. the yes, yeah. like a little yes. like not often you can do the other things like they do the little savory or yes. sweet they do yes Ooh. and they they would get the little coconut toppings milk. to go on top or no? Well, what, we should get toppings. No one gave us any toppings. We were done. We were done. What was it like? What was it like? Thirty-five degree heat. No, what was it like? Forty-five degree heat, and we took a sack of them in a plastic. Yeah, we were like, guys, guys, like, we're guys. Just, and everybody was like, I'm good, thanks. No, we, we were like, 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 they're sweating. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> we had them for like three hours. We were trying to make other people eat them. They were like, that's great. I just needed them close to me. But you could, you, you could recreate I that. I am going to make them. Okay. We're going to do it. Okay. Not today, but we will you do it. You might not know what that special ingredient is. No, that I'm going to work had. it out. Don't you worry. Okay. I'll talk to some Thai friends. I'll work it out. Okay. <laughs> I'll do my got connections. I'll work it out. I'll call my Thai community. <laughs> talk to a Thai crew then. <laughs> Where did your mum kind of grow up? She's from Antigua. And what took her to Barry Snevins? Uh, my dad, my dad uh, was in the RAF. Right, of course. Yeah. Standard, I mean, uh, you yeah. know. Yeah, I'm piecing it together. I've got yeah. it, I've got it. Yeah, RAF. RAF was, family, yeah, was a, a lot of the, those in Barry. And so we, he, got, he got, that was his last posting. He left the RAF and they said, and annoyingly, we were 10, you see. They said, do you want to stay in Barry or do you want to live in London? At the time, I wanted to ride my bike. So me and Sean were like playing outside and we were like, we want to stay in Berry because he could ride and do you all this stuff. idiots. No, I never we knew you were given a choice. We were Hold 10. We were yeah. 10. <laughs> Two years later, we went, we changed our mind and they went, you're too late. And we were <laughs> devastated. No. Devoed. Stay there. <laughs> So at which point? So you also did a stint in Cyprus. That was before. That wow. was before. That was before right. Berry. Oh. So Berry seemed all right when you were ten. You know, we got there. It was cool. We could ride a bike. It was a bit weird. I couldn't understand why people were so odd and kept staring at us because you know it was just very racist. It really, really was. I can't say that enough. And uh, and um, so those things eventually caught up and the. The repercussions of that were really unpleasant. But, right. you know, when you're 10 and you've got a mate and you've got a bike, you don't really notice anything except yeah. your mate and your bike and all of that stuff. And, you know, you're sort of blissfully naive, you right, know? Right. And when so, did you leave Barry then? When I was six, 17. <laughs> as soon as she could. As soon as I could. Okay. I left school when I was 16. <laughs> yeah. Dead on. I was not even a second longer than I legally had to be there. Yeah. Which in our family, it's weird because we're quite unusual. Our family are really academic. Right. Yeah. You know, most people go, with the first people in our family to go to university, we're like, the only people who do the yeah. they're all teachers and uni people yeah, and all yeah. of that stuff so um so i just left as soon as i could get out of right. there really and came down to london and got on with being alive 
Got on with, you know, breathing in and out. I'm not, I'm not being hated by every second human on the street. Where you did know. you... They were like people I went to school with standing outside the big woolies in, in the square yeah. handing out NF leaflets. Do you know what I mean? Wow. Trying to give them to me and Sue. And we were like, you know. No. Obviously, no, please go away. <laughs> yeah. But in the more forceful, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, nice. lexicon. But the food, food, Nanny's house. Nanny's house, great food. Nanny's house, yeah. Well, she had different era nanny food. Oh, well, nanny rice. She's always made nanny rice. What is nanny rice? Nanny rice is what they call seasoned rice. Is that what it's called? Seasoned rice. Yeah. It's just fried rice (laughs) with sweet corn, chopped up ham, peas, onion. Uh, just everything stuff everything. it's like just kitchen stuff. it's kitchen it's but it's fried yeah. up and you just want to go like she just makes it I don't know what nanny she does rice. it's just, just really nanny rice and it gets loads of oil and then she, you know nanny chicken oh nanny chicken and it's just like a little kind of brown stew chicken vibe but not too sweet she doesn't really sweeten her so it's like a yeah. stew chicken oh, really and, oh and nanny makes the best Banana fritters. She makes banana pancakes. She yeah, they're like banana pancakes, but fri- but they're not like dry she's banana in her 80s, pancakes. She's still doing it now. My mum. Yeah, God, my yeah. mum's like trainer's backpack. Don't even test yeah, her. She's, she's like, like <laughs> seriously. She's she going on a ten uh, ten mile walk to Walthamstow she, to get my the paper. Mum will walk. Yeah, she's just she's really fit. She's really healthy. She's like on point. Yeah, mom. she's and and she just used to always cook delicious, lovely food for us. And she still makes banana pancakes. She used to make fresh bread rolls Ooh. at the weekend. You'd wake up. Uh, to the smell of bread being baked, and then ba- and then you'd hear the bacon go in the pan. Be like, she oh my didn't God, do that I'm when t- we were in Berry. No, she used to do the <laughs> fresh <laughs> bread, like, fresh bread, cereal. hot bread, bacon rolls in the morning. But on no, Saturday. but these I just quickly say these Apple banana turnovers. pancakes are really interesting because um, it's not just a pancake; it's like a puddingy fritter. It's they're like pancake. fried. No, Mum, they're not because those dry pancakes. No, they're not. That it's, not, hate, a it's, not like that. it's not a crepe. No, but not even that. I mean. An American pancake that tastes no. banana. No, but not she like uses that. a bit of milk. Yeah, yeah. It's like crispy fritter on the outside and then like doughy pancake in the so middle. deep fried? Or no, deep no, pan fried. Pan fried. Pan fried. Pan fried. I actually can't talk about they them are, anymore because so we're going to have she to make a batch them, up. She makes them every morning. She's here, yeah. the banana pancakes. And they just morning. smell like nanny's cooking. Oh, that's... That's a good. Yeah. I have that with my my nan. It's ninety two. Oh and wow! She too, there's definitely like those nostalgic like yes food pies. This is all. This is what they call Proustian, you know. So you you know you you smell the banana pancakes and you're immediately hurled hurled back to your youth and you remember all sorts of wonderful things. Food sense memory is a really powerful powerful tool. You know that's why every bit of detail when you're cooking for people is really important because it connects to them viscerally it's a it's a it's an emotive thing a plate of food is never just a plate of food really yeah what did um so what did you cook for Makita growing up what do you remember from your well this is the thing people always like oh my god your mum's a chef you must eat like beautifully but I prefer my mum's I prefer my mum's um like no I love my mum's chicken but I am just used to chicken tasting of that caliber so I guess like (laughs) takes it for granted yeah Yeah. I take it for granted but when I was young 
It's not like mum also did fine dining food, but what I really wanted, what I've always wanted is shepherd's pie. Shepherd's pie is so funny. <laughs> Why is shepherd's pie? Like, because I just love shepherd's pie. <laughs> but my nan makes shepherd's pie and she Stop does it. the gravy. It's yes. as thick as the meat yes. gravy Correct. stuff inside. So that's Cur- a jug. Do you know right. why? With an extra you know jug. Why? Because Correct. your nan knows what is in it. Up. No, like, she is, uh, she shepherd's pie should have gravy up. in it. Like, you should cut into it and it should be saucy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. And then there should be a jug of gravy on the side. I've argued with chefs about this. I'm like, where's the extra gravy they're like there's gravy in it I'm like no no no, no. no. I'll take some on Sorry. the side yeah. but I think I just really Sorry. and I've always my dad <laughs> never get, never too much gravy it's not a thing no, no. just people, make more gravy you don't get a pie I went to somewhere recently where they served a pie with no gravy oh no. that's so tragic <laughs> I was like, you're so full but I'm like, <laughs> but then when they bought me the gravy because I was like the pie where's is the 43 pounds oh, oh my god oh have mercy where's my gravy I where was like where's it? my gravy it came out as like it was like water that was brown. I and I was like, this it. is not... This, no, this he should say they, did, they sent you bitch though. <laughs> but not even. I don't know what oh they're brown. This like, brown in a hot water. <laughs> After we turn this off, you need to tell me where that is because I'm yeah, never going to, there. I can't believe it. That's, 40 shocker, that's a shocker. Yeah. So when we opened the restaurant in the pub, when we had the Jackdaw up in... Jack One Star up in... Um, uh, Homerton. Uh, well, we didn't have the, the pub. We had the restaurant, and our friend Rob had the pub. And uh, and we started doing Sunday lunches. We we had a thing called a feasting plate. You paid three pounds. You got unlimited <gasps> yeah. roast potatoes, Yorkshire puddings, How and gravy. How do I not know about this? Because when I people say it's a, that that doesn't come with the Yorkshire pudding. So any what are you roast, talking any about? Roast dinner. So I don't care stupid. The meat comes Only with goes the with the beef. It's a Sunday roast. Put the Yorkshire puddings in a bowl in the middle of the yeah. table. What's Food should be fulsome. Yeah. It should be generous. All these tight, weird chefs. Where do you think the best roast is? Where? Um, I really like the Lansdowne in Primrose Hill by Grimmies Old Flat. That God, was but then good. you have to go to Primrose Hill. Yeah, there is that. Which is not ever good. Where did we go recently? Well, do you know, so where recently. in East is a good roast? Because I'm sorry. Country Club. Oh yeah, Clapton Country Club. We had is a great. delicious one this Sunday. Just at Clapton Country Club, which is a, um right. Have you not been, been there, Anna? Babe. It's a hidden gem. I'm pleased about the passion for a Sunday yes. lunch. Yeah, it's very important. It's one it's of the most important meals in also, the Also, okay, the what's your take? Oh, it's me really getting <laughs> So, what is your take on a vegetarian Sunday lunch? Well, actually, at Clapton Country Club, do brilliant vegetarian. I get the vegetarian up there all the time. Really? I do like a Wellington. A, Wellington. a vegetable Wellington. I like a nut Wellington. Yeah. yeah I don't really like just a naked nut roast because they can tend to be too dry. I agree. But sometimes we do a nut roast Cheese where... Sauce? Which you? Cheese sauce? No, because you need Cheesy gravy, Marmite or, gravy. Yeah, Marmite, Marmite is gravy the or Marmite onion gravy. Marmite and HP sauce make yeah. like if, a And insane. you get the proper oh, Marmite, yeah. the porcini in the stock. Yeah. Really make a good, deeply flavoursome um, stock. And then Marmite and sexuality Marmite happens. Marmite really is. Marmite <laughs> is a great thing. <laughs> Actually, you know what? In the um, uh, years ago, Simon Amstel used to always, um, well, not always, but quite often had Christmas with us. He came to Christmas a few times. Uh, once I in, want to come to Christmas in, with you. Well, once he came to Kenya in Christmas, uh, for Christmas at my with uncle's us, yeah. house. And, uh, and uh, one Christmas we had actually at Lily's mum's house, we had a, uh, the Alan Oliver Christmas get together, which is oh was, was, so much food. You know, was, so, well, yeah, crazy Christmases. But mum, uh, Simon said, um, you know, he was a vegetarian. Even then, it was still a bit annoying for people. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> he said, um, and I said, mum said she'll make you something. He said, she doesn't have to make me anything. I'll just have the sides. And mum, what did you make him? That mushroom I made pudding. him a steamed, like a uh, mushroom and ale steamed pudding. Oh yeah. Yum. And like a little turnout pudding yeah. with his own, obviously, jug of gravy. Absolutely. And I was just <laughs> like, yeah, there you go, whatever. 
like sometimes like this is okay so a this has been made for me bespokely oh. and b this is so delicious <laughs> and i was so just like it's christmas then i was like oh are we just really spoiled <laughs> a beetroot wellington is delicious yeah. actually but i love a beetroot beetroot is a very versatile we really, really should have eaten before we did this like, <laughs> i'm so hungry <laughs> So you're going to do this pop-up. What is the Mm. food going to be? So I'm doing Vidalia. So just before Christmas, I went to Morocco with Fred Syriex. Right. From Fred from First Dates. I've seen it. Oh, this was for the incredible... Remarkable remarkable Places. Did you see the episode? I've not seen it. I've seen bits. We had an absolute... In fact, this dress was on it. We had an absolute (laughs) ball. We got on like a house on fire. Honestly, he's hilarious. He calls himself Fred Dredd for a start. He calls himself what? Fred Dredd. He's like, yeah, like man. I was like, stop doing that. It's appalling. And, <laughs> is and, that on film? And also, yeah, it is. I'm like, stop doing it. Stop doing that. Also, stop dancing. It's terrible. It's a tragic thing. He's a delightful human. Every, other, really woman, every other woman in the country wants to marry him. My mum's like, please like, stop dancing. Fred, Fred, stand still. Stand very still. Right now. It's appalling. You like, but love we Fred. love him. We, we literally, he's like my new mate. And we are having so much fun together. Garth and I actually went to Peckham and had dinner with him and Shawana his partner last week and had a great time so we decided we want to do something together okay. and uh, so it's it this is uh, uh, so we're Daddy Kitchen meets Fred Syriax and we're going to call it One Love and amazing because he's Fred Dredd and uh, and I think we had to give him something give him something I was like seriously stop it <laughs> and they go to Jamaica every year I'm like you know there's like 12,000 other islands right anyway yeah. so um, so we're going to do and he's going to do all the drinks and beautiful rum a rum menu and wonderful wine and all oh, of that it's stuff be great. To, to partner with the Wadadley Kitchen menu and, and Wadadley Kitchen the venue is at Clapton Country so Club it's going to be yeah. amazing God's yeah. just gone to see them now to talk about it so I think we're going to I mean the, doing the thing that we're at Wadadley the first Wadadley we did was at the, the Crooked Billet at the Crooked Billet was yeah. really tricky because that was like just at the edges of lockdown and, and um, yeah it was quite ambitious to try and do it it really was like two days before we were like why are we, doing why this are we trying to do this but actually but, it was just a good instinct yeah it? a really good instinct and I was so pr- impressed with mum's drive to just get it done and it was a real it was a real testament to just getting on with things because yeah. corona this period has just it's it's sort of made you realise that you can just get on with things yeah. and in real life well, the life before we did just have a lot of meetings about I getting on with about things. talking about getting and on you with really things. just like, can meet forever and just we would have probably met about that pro- project for months mm. but we couldn't mum was like we have to do this now yeah. so we just have to do this Ten now days. and literally it, it, it's not just a restaurant oh God, I'm mad yeah it was ridiculous <laughs> yeah. but I not just like, we had stickers branding I thought I'd see I was well, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like a full fully fledged project yeah. I'm hoping I'm leaving with a bumper pack yeah but you know what it was great and it employed all 15 people 15 people wow. in the full, kitchen like, loads of other people to build it and sort of get it ready and put the signs up and everything and then you know every day because it's the top of the hill me and my mum would walk every weekend up well I mum would be at there early I'd walk up later and just see people <laughs> coming the crowds down. of people oh. with bags of Wadadley with huge and smiles on their faces going, going the park to was just covered with ba- and I mean, it was, I was like really... and this is at a time when people hadn't left their houses for four months yeah. so we were we was I think mum we were really proud of like 
that whole like impact. other element that we didn't even really think yeah. about yeah we hadn't the really thought back. about how happy it would make people everybody yeah. kept thanking us they were like thank you so much thank you so I much and that. it was just like really lovely to bring some light community and neighborhood is so important to us it's like at the heart of everything we do like really genuinely seriously yeah. these things that mom and I have been doing and we've all been doing as a family I really meant that it's like mm. it, everything can mean a little more than just we're taking chicken to our friends yeah you yeah. can choose to imbue it with whatever you want. Yeah. You yeah. can decide that if you're going to do a pop-up, put all your heart and soul into it. Bring all the community into it. Do things for the people Hire around you. all your nieces and nephews and yeah. get everyone Yeah, you know, we just had everybody working and having fun and we had music. People would turn up and go, oh my God, it's a vibe. Yeah, a vibe after a four vibe months. For four <laughs> months. Yeah, is, it, is it a pub? Well, like, no, it's just no. a tiny vibe. You, you can have a vibe. Can do. You can do. Then you need to you leave need to because go. it's still all we can do. Yeah, the people come Correct. in. Levels so it's quite exciting to know that we can reopen and actually people will be able to sit down and eat oh, food yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. There will we still will be doing takeaway and delivery and stuff, but and social distancing and social distancing. But the love, lo- the great thing about Clapton Country Club is it's really big. Yeah. So we can actually socially distance people in it's there. We're going to be doing space. big sharing platters and it's going to be really so nice. Actually, the food of Wadadli Wadadli Kitchen is about it's inspired by heritage Caribbean recipes okay. like the way we cook at home. Right. But there's a pan. Caribbean uh, uh, palette if you like you know there's brown stew chicken there's curry there's curry goat and there's rice and peas and there are staples but then around that you could be creative and you know we have sweet potato roti we've got tamarind and smoked chili barbecue chicken sauce butt. yeah for chicken and we do also do that with tofu so we press the top because the non-meat food in all seriousness is just as important yeah. all food is food it's like why are we even making a di- differentiation you eat what you want to eat it should still be delicious it's still as much thought should be put into it I mean, I mean, I still have vegan or vegetarian friends who go out and there's someone gives them chips and salad. It's so I mean, rude, I just don't it? even... But also, aren't you embarrassed? Aren't you a chef? Yeah. To me, I, I'm like, if somebody comes in and there's all these things they can't eat, I'm like, I will feed you. It will be delicious. <laughs> you will be joyful. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how every chef should be. You like, if you're, you're a mean. chef, you can do... Like, it's... Do you know what? It's that thing, though, of, like, mushroom risotto or, like, for oh, so long. I would God. be vegetarian, potentially. Yeah. Don't hold me to that. Yeah. Oh, are oh. you sort of V? Well, no, but my husband's veggie, so yeah. I cook predominantly vegetarian. Vegetarian food. Wow, okay. But are you cooking? How, like... No, I mean, I don't cook like this, and I don't... I've, 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 I've heard about a broth that you're doing. Okay, the fish, no, no, fish no. broth. I do, yeah. Okay, for some reason, in Grimmy's kitchen, <laughs> yeah, I cook... Basically, you cook really, really well. Inspired by the space but um <laughs> when i get home it's just the same old doll but no i, love I doll. mean I, I do make a banging doll <laughs> really next level but i have a knife and a fantastic bolognese. No, I can cook. <laughs> but I don't like roasts or something with lots of elements that take time. Although oh, I used to make, make great roast for Tan and Jimmy. You do like making roast. It's not can cook. Cook. <laughs> It's because she used to not cook. That was her rebellion. Right. For being my daughter was refusing to cook. And then when she started cooking. And I had flats with really nice kitchens. And, and she'd be like, oh, God. What? Whatever, turn it to eat. <laughs> Shut up. You and your cooking is so annoying. Uh, like, That's uh, really girl. uncanny. Yeah, like yeah. weird to you. Uncanny. Uncanny. Alan remembers me from 21. Yeah, so she knew what I know. <laughs> so then, uh, and then she suddenly decided to look after herself and started cooking. And she realised that loads of it had gone in by osmosis. Yeah. She'd be like, That's oh, like, I do ha- know how to make a garlic and parsley oil. Yeah. Oh. And also it's like um, in, uh, when you get older, you learn patience in everything and 
that's cooking patience trusting the flow of it and the process getting into the process in terms of your journey mm. started off in a band with Nada Cherry yeah then how, like at which point did like you've done so much you've done like presenting <laughs> like, when did food come into it when well, did food you know was, it was always there literally we were very weird teenagers we were met when we were teenagers and we we're in a band started singing together very quickly and uh, do you still sing now not really. I don't. I sort of stopped in the mid. I don't even know when I stopped. Oh, when really, you, I don't, when I, you know, when I stopped singing, I stopped singing when I was doing GLR and I started doing a radio show five days yeah. a week, and I couldn't. I just couldn't keep do everything. Yeah. Mm. But I think I might start singing again soon. Ooh. I sang for our friend passed away, Judy Blame, the amazing human, like dynamo, creative spirit, spirit incredible man, uh, passed away a year and a half no. ago. Two, two years, years ago. ago two years ago just before we went to Asia actually on that trip and uh, I sang at his uh, memorial and he and because he, he was I'd be like oh I want to and he's like I'll oh, just sing bitch yeah <laughs> so okay. when so he died that. I was like oh, I better just sing bitch oh, yeah. so what did you sang, sing again I sang me and Bishi Bhattacharya oh yeah sang uh, Come Together oh yeah the Beatles Come Together with my friend Bishi who plays sitar it was beautiful that was a good anyway, time to sing again it was a good time to sing again but it sort of did it set something off in me so I think me and Bishi have been talking about doing some stuff again but anyway so, so when Nana and I were teenagers Teenagers, literally seventeen and eighteen, we'd have we'd all we were always having parties. We've always had parties, but we'd have a party and then we'd we'd, we'd make like. I remember one time we had a bath full of mackerel that we filleted, boned, <laughs> and then sort of made all these pickles and in then like pan an, fried. Like a 70s squat. Yeah, but then, you know, so scrubbed, and then we did all got the mackerel, did thing, <laughs> and, and you know, it's like what kind of seventeen-year-olds do that? No, no but nobody. that's why you were like kindred. Yeah, we were kindred. Exactly, kindred. we saw each other. We, you know, I mean, we were always basically trying to make home and make it feel like yeah. home. So people were coming, we would be making chicken. When I was in labour with Makita, I went into like you know the fake labour, not at Braxton Hicks exactly, but I started labour. Me, Nana, and um, Jeanette, who's my uh, is Makita's godmother, uh, went to the hospital and then the labor stopped so we left and went back to nana's and by this time we were hungry so we went and bought chicken and so i was on nana's floor <laughs> in labor going it's starting again nana's like the chicken's not ready <laughs> so, we, so we had to wait for the chicken wings to be cooked before we could go back to the hospital because everybody was hungry oh my god so we were like cooking chicken while i was in labor we, we, that's, how, that's, that's, how, that's how deep it runs that's how deep it goes that's <laughs> how deep it goes because food's always been there and even mum and nana did a food tv show yeah, a food yeah. tv show oh yeah you are, for, that's what you for, asked for, me. for the bbc years ago um uh what happened was quite interesting and i want to say it from my perspective was that my mum was just not getting anywhere where she wanted to be in broadcasting and was and just mm. went back to i think food where it where, where she's so knowledgeable and so safe there and knows what she's doing yeah. and put it into just doing a pop-up at the pub and no that, we didn't start at the pub oh god sorry not what we're talking about at the Cordy we House we started doing pop-ups at Cordy House remember Cordy House that six floor warehouse in Shoreditch that my parents On used Curtin to run Road. oh my god yeah, yeah but you yeah. had your birthday yeah, yeah. I had a birthday many there. birthdays we used to have every dirty party there and mum started doing like pop-up restaurants there but that was kind of even before people were doing pop-up restaurants yeah I started doing like a supper club yeah. thing yeah supper club thing did it on the roof yeah 
and did a sort of mad psychedelic uh, fair, like it was supposed to be like a like a village fate on the roof, oh but it was God, like all the food was, was that what it was meant to be? Yeah, it was absolutely <laughs> insane. That was the first time I worked with Kelly, who's my business partner. Yeah, and then and so that evolved into a the couple bird of cage, the, the bird cage. No, that's when we stopped doing food and just um, no. Well, we did. I did food there. I did Salita's birthday party oh, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, but we wanted to turn into show a there. restaurant, but that never did, happened. Where, was there any formal training? <laughs> was no. Like, no, you just love to cook. I you... just, it's obsession. Right, it's obsession, and it's just fastidious methodical obsession and who do you uh, love who's the heroes who do you follow there's an American woman who's de- dead now called Edna Lewis who right. was extraordinary she looked like a sort of black Grace Kelly right very elegant extraordinary woman and she elevated southern American African-American southern food to the to a restaurant place yeah, yeah. where people started taking it seriously she had a place called oh god what was it called uh cafe nicholson okay in uh in greenwich village in new york and uh everybody used to go there like marlon brando gore vidal like after the theater yeah they would all go to cafe nicholson and eat her, her roast chicken she used to make chocolate mousse i mean i know her menu she's got these really i've got some of her books here i can't I see okay. there's oh, a lot mom of books has, mom has actually so they many might be in the other room i've got like books. Millions of books. They might be in the other room. I'll have a look in a second. But she was just very. She wrote this. But there's a um, in 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 pursuit of flavor. Right. One of them is called. It's just yeah. great. Some name. And there's another one um, that's just all about. Uh, she grew up in this place called Freetown, and it was one of the first um, free black towns in America. So she right. grew up without the constraints of normal racist kind of models yeah. in America. She was very free growing up. That's why she could always envisage herself doing whatever she wanted and uh so but they cooked she was really spoke seasonally about cooking with the land and turning wow. things over and there's a couple of i think in pursuit of flavor might be that one i'm gonna have to dig it out for you but her books are beautiful they're lyrical the way she writes is and you really engage you can smell the sweet corn charring you can smell the puddings in the oven you can smell wow. the chicken roasting and the way she talks about she has real reverence and respect for everything it's just she's my favorite favorite and when writer did, and when did she kind of make an impact or kind of come onto the scene? Uh, that would have been in the 50s, in the 50s and the 60s, really. She was quite an extraordinary woman. Late, late 50s and in the 60s, really. Um, and then there's a woman now called Mashama Bailey. Oh, Mashama oh, Bailey. Mashama Bailey. Have you seen her Chef's Table? Have you seen Chef's Table yeah, on Netflix? Which one? She's the one in Savannah. And she's got a place called The Grey. And it's in an old, um, bus, seg- old bus station. In Savannah, Georgia, Savannah. Oh, yeah, okay, right. yeah, yeah, that is amazing because they've kept all the signs. The food with her. Yeah, Obs- yeah. I want to go and study with her. Then she said saying the- to my husband, "Maybe I'll just go and do like a sojourn, like out in Italy." Yeah, or something. he's like, "Well, you know, there's a film <laughs> festival. A there's a film festival in um in Savannah, and uh, so, so my friend in- Alison, Lily's mum, uh, has been there. I'm like, oh my god! So she's like, come to the film festival with me, and then we could go and see Mashama Bailey. I'm a bit, I'm like a fan girl. Is- I'm a bit Yeah, It is because some of them I think are a bit boring. Like there's well, one of them. But it's still so beautiful to yeah, just watch. It's beautifully, like, so beautifully shot. done. It's beautifully, oh, beautifully done. done. No, it is beautifully mm. shot and all that. But I'm not, a, I, it depends on the chef that I yeah. whether I get into it. And one of them, there's a guy that's really Mom. annoying and I don't know who it is. <laughs> I don't know his name, but I'm just going to tell you this a bit <laughs> no. because it's kind of annoying. Which one? No, but this <laughs> is the kind of cooking that I don't like. But it's, it's quite uptight. And there's this guy and there's all these people and everybody's talking about how incredible this guy 
guy is and he's got a farm and oh, uh, and they say there's and they is literally say he is the first person to really think about taking food from the farm directly to the, to the table it's like what are you talking about <laughs> i've never heard such a pile of crap in my what do you mean what about all the farmers for a start <laughs> people that just grew their own several bed. thousand <laughs> years they'll come before yeah. so, so it's just a bit irritating it's just a bit and it goes a bit masculine in the beginning yeah, and they go this is his goat taco i'm like that's not a taco it's a piece of lettuce with a sliver of meat in it just behave yourselves immediately <laughs> okay right so i just wanted to get it off my chest okay. yeah what's so do you like thoughts on Juju food, Michelin starred. I just think if it's got heart in it, yeah. then yes. But if it's got, if if you're just making food for the sake of like making, of showing people off your skills, yeah. I just think that, that that's really lacking. I mean, you know, on Great British Menu, that's where that's where people lose points. It's quite interesting because yeah. people go, but it looked incredible. I'm like, yeah, but it's got no soul. It didn't taste of anything. There's no bottom end. You do, you know what I mean? You want to yeah. taste personality, and I know that sounds like a sort of weird no. kind of you know notion but you you can taste the intent with which food is made is absolutely key in my opinion and if food is you know nobody wants and Miss Keats heard me say this nobody wants bad vibe food yeah. that's why we don't let people shout in our kitchen ever we don't let people argue not like you can have tussles and yeah. you know deciding on how you're going to do it but as soon as people get shitty I send them home or I send them to go and talk outside Call use off. your big use your big boy your big girl voice and, t- and your big girl words big boy words and tell us what's really happening and then we'll deal with it don't be shouting and putting your bad vibes all over yeah, my chicken in, <laughs> so, so the there's chicken. food in here step away from the food <laughs> with your and bad energy outside with your bad energy because food is a, it's an active thing it soaks that stuff up so that's why when you have something you think oh my god why is this incredible it's because the person that's made it is incredible and they've imbued it with that intent and that love and that care and that's everything to me and that's why i love it that's why it's art yeah because it is an expression of your in, 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 of your in, your voice and it's an in, an expression of your soul it should be everything is soul food yeah if you do it right so i feel like we should go back to the kind of your quote that i picked up kind of Mm. earlier yeah i feel like as a family and i'm presuming this is something i don't know whether you grew up with the notion that you can do anything everything is there for the taking like how did you get into presenting and equally how did you get the gig how did you get well I got the gig because I got the gig because mum (laughs) mum's friend remembered me from a dinner party being um, 192 192 which is a restaurant in West London that we were always at and remembered me being just quite mouthy I think and asking a lot of questions and I guess just being quite uh, no, no mouthy you know she is said, the no, word. She said smart and funny. Oh, she said you were smart, and funny. Oh, and can I tell this story? Okay, could you tell some of my stories? So when she, <laughs> well, no, just because I, no, I was one of the cool. And she, so they called us and they said that they this was for Pop World. Yeah, and they had basically auditioned, and I'm big proud mum. That's why I'm telling you the story because I was oh. so proud of her. <laughs> They'd auditioned like nearly every stage school kid in the country, really? and they couldn't find anyone who wasn't full of artifice and and being all like jazz hands Mm -hmm. and then uh and then and who was it what's her name Tamsin Tamsin remembered meeting Makita literally five years before at 192 and she said you know what I met this kid (laughs) 
<laughs> about five years ago who was hilarious, really smart, really funny, really beautiful. I wonder if she'd be around. So she called Sarah, our friend Sarah Martin, and um, and, so, and they called us and said, would McKee to come and audition for this thing? And, and she wasn't even at school at the time. She'd been bullied and had a horrible time. So I took her out of school and we were trying to find a good school. And Cameron had actually just sent you to this other I new just school. some weird some grammar weird college. Some in school in Queensland. And um, she said, we just thought it'd be an interesting experience for her to go and do an audition. So she said, do you want to do it? And she was like, yeah, okay. And me and my friend Sandra took her. I so wasn't, yeah, okay. I was so nervous. No, no, no. You, but you were like, yeah, okay. You, know. oh, you might yeah. have felt really nervous. Oh. I think you were less nervous than you think you were, babe. I she was less nervous that day. Yeah, I think fine. after it, you got nervous because yeah. then you suddenly decided you wanted it. Yeah. So God. she did She did the audition. She wasn't nervous at all. That's what the thing was. They were literally open mouthed because she was 15 and, she, and they were asking she was going yeah and because she'd been home watching MTV she knew everything <laughs> yeah they were like <laughs> everything they were like what's when she was going oh you mean rattling off all these names and then yeah that's true and, and she was just really MTV. confidently just talking about all this stuff and they were she was just making them all really laugh and me and Sandra at the back of the room going oh my god that's amazing and she wasn't phased by the camera at all and we went <laughs> home and then three days later we got a call going oh, we'd like to offer her the job and we were like what <laughs> She's 15. She can't, she can't. No, she can't, won't take no, it. No, she can't <laughs> actually do she's it. She's at school. Yeah, I've just got she... back into school. And at the time they were filming every day. So yeah. now you can tell me something. Yeah. And then, and then it just obviously, Hot World, what a special thing to have as my first job oh my God. ever. But also I can't believe that who I was, as as mum was saying, yeah, I was confident and I was smart and I knew. I think so I, good for the bullies. Yeah, oh God, yeah. nice revenge. Yeah. Nice revenge. But, so um, great, right? but it was but it was it was just lucky that it was something that where uh, I met someone like Simon Armstrong, we got to do something like Pop World and it was completely based on who we were. Mm. And it actually yes. was necessary to be to to get where it got was because of who we were. Yeah. And that's a huge thing to learn at your first big TV job. If that's gonna be your career, if that's the first thing you learn, it's a it's a it's a it's real blessing. Yeah, you're like, oh okay. I, if I trust my instinct, things will be a success. Or if I listen to my gut and go, I can't say that word, you won't get fired. You will do, think of something better and you'll do it better mm. and the show will be something else. So yeah, I think that's why I want to like be a producer now. <laughs> well, no, and you're what, 36? I have to keep asking because I keep forgetting. Yeah, keeps forgetting I my keep, age. I keep forgetting my own <laughs> age. How old are you? Younger. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. 35. You know, it always... <laughs> It always pissed me off that Anna was like two years younger. Like, a year. A year. See, I made it so, I made it so much in my head. Because no, you know what it was? It's because you joined and I was 21 and you were 20. And I was like, oh, okay. She's a great. I literally thought, like, seriously, I was like, anyone that started that was younger than me. And everyone was like, Mikita, you're getting older. Like, that's, that's what happens. But that's also another thing about doing TV when you're 15. And that's this, the, the one thing. Oh my God, you're doing that thing. And the second thing is always, and you're only 15. And you're 15. And that only happens till about 20. And then people go, oh my God, you're doing that thing. But you're 22, that makes sense. I'm like, no, this is still incredibly <laughs> odd. And they're like, no, but what is extraordinary now is that you have how many years? Uh, 20 years now 20, 20 years you've been a broadcaster and you're, and you're 36 yeah that's great how that's you, incredible yeah it's, it's totally incredible no but one's been you... working for 20 years when they're 36 yeah <laughs> early retirement for you no 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 no. <laughs> no just getting started actually it's really nice to feel oh, like yeah like 
wow, what a first chapter of a yeah. career and to still be young and able yeah. and ready and still, uh, you know, so full like, of ideas and yeah. fully focused and really aware of what I can make happen if I really yeah. want it to happen. Yeah. We're moving into a really interesting place for ourselves um, yeah. creatively and within the industry now mm-hmm. that we're very excited about. And it's just just to be empowered. We're just be, we're being empowered. We're taking the empowerment right. that we need. And that yeah. is a brilliant yeah. thing. And really it's, trying to create autonomy for ourselves yeah. for, so that this industry so, works with us. Yeah. And for and us. it's not a favour. Yeah. We're really good at what we do. Yeah. So they're not doing us a favour. We're all meeting in the middle somewhere and we're going to be really deliver, become our own programme makers and we're very excited about that. Okay. You know, in the wake of uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, yeah. which obviously has been ex- a huge thing in our lives and has been tumultuous, you know, you know, for the first month of it, we were just exhausted, you know, because it, 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 was, it was very... I mean, I actually had to put a post up saying, please be careful when you're talking to your black friends about racism because it's not entertainment. And every time you ask us to explain to you something we've been through, it's reliving trauma. Yeah, So it's exhausting. Do you know what I mean? It's like I found myself after about four weeks that I'd been talking about all some of the most horrible moments of my life again and again and again and again. It's like, do you know what, babe? Read a book. If you want to find out about what racism means and how it impacts on people's lives, read a book. Do talk to your friends, absolutely. But you can't expect black people to to process it for you because yeah. we're already processing, we're processing it our whole lives. We're tired yeah. and this is not news to us. It's a new conversation for you. This is a conversation we've been having our whole lives, you know? So that shift has been very, the nuance of it and how to manage it and how to uh, respect it and how to actually allow ourselves room to hope for real change yeah. has been uh, really a deeply, deeply sort of moving, tiring, joyful, uplifting, yeah, all of frightening, all at the same time, and, uh, every day, you know? And so. I think we all, everyone has been through something with with Corona and now, mm. and, and everyone has been through something with the Black Lives Matter movement, but also I think everyone is starting to believe that we're possibly striding into some place new yeah. with with everything. Yeah. And um, I've, I feel just quite safe in that space at the moment, which feels mm. really new for and me. And optimistic. Mm. Optimistic. I feel optimistic. a bit bloody optimistic. Yeah. against all odds. It's yeah. Daring to hope. Yeah. Daring to hope. But then again, you know, you see... But and and I do, we had this conversation actually um, quite recently. Uh, but there is something where that you you can see that the racists are making more noise than ever. Yeah. But it's like the it, it feels like the dying cry of the dinosaur. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? I it's so. like the way they're making more noise because they can feel that they're becoming extinct. Mm. They're making more noise because they're trying to dig their heels in, but they're not going to win. And it's not about white people against black people. It's about everybody against racists. And I will say that again and again yeah. and again yeah. and again. And, you know, the other thing I wanted to say actually on this is that, and it happens with every movement, there are parts of it becoming co-opted by some really quite unpleasant, like I read some stuff yesterday from Ice Cube and from that guy Nick Cannon talk, saying some really anti-Semitic, disgusting oh, crap. And I just, they, they don't speak for me. And people, you know, people start sort of 
speaking in sways going, black people think this. It's like, uh, no, no it's, it, there isn't one black experience. There isn't one black life. All, you know, we all have different experiences. We all have different things that have affected and impacted upon our lives. And to me, racism is racism, whether it's against the Jewish person, a black person, an Asian person, Maybe. whoever you are. So, you know, this is about trying to put a stop to the structures that enable racism. Yeah. It's not about putting a plaster on something at the end. And it also isn't an excuse for you to wash your disgusting, racist, hypocritical bullshit out in public. Mm -hmm. So that's what I've got to say to you, Mr. Ice Cube. I know you give a shit what I think, but... Oh my God, Ice Cube. <laughs> Ice Cube I and Nick Cannon. I thought it was going to be Ice Tea because mum did a show with Ice no, Tea. No, Ice like, Cube and Nick Cannon. But it's that tea. weird thing in America. There's a weird disconnect between black uh, America... African-Americans and Jewish people, there's a real chasm. There's a problem. Mm. Um, and, I, you know, I just, it, that's not something, I, I just don't want Black Lives Matter to be co-opted by other people other racist agendas totally. yeah. so I just think we need to be very clear and very vocal that that's not okay for us yeah. and I just want to say that it's apply. not okay yeah it's not yeah. okay yeah. you can't you can't say you're against racism and then start saying all that disgusting it's like, it doesn't make any no. sense what are you talking about best condiment in the fridge Best condiment in my fridge. Cond uh, the, this, let's talk about this or, or, now. Or, or, or whose fridge? Who, your fridge. Uh, my fridge. <laughs> your fridge. The chilli oil. The oh, chilli chili Roast tomato chi chilli oil. Okay. Talk to me. Right. Talk to me. Talk, <laughs> talk to me. To me. <laughs> I want a recipe. So, oh, well, it's very simple. I've made you a batch. So we've got garlic. It's got fresh thyme, a little oregano, which I always want to say oregano. Can't help <laughs> it. Fresh thyme, oregano. Uh, I use a little plum cherry tomatoes. You don't have to, but right. they're just more, there's a sweetness to them and the depth that works really well and then scotch bonnet and See, I never I feel like I don't cook with them enough because well, the I, little tomatoes or the scotch, no, the scotch, scotch bonnet, bonnet. don't be scared of them I I love to put them in whole put them in whole put them in whole but don't burst it at the end which I did the other day yeah. when it gets really really hot don't burst but put them in whole and be and don't bash it about in the pot but then you get the because they're very fragrant they're, they're very fragrant a scotch bonnet they're really hot but they're fragrant yeah. and if you if you just go for the heat, you chop it up and you can have that. But if you miss, if you don't want it to be too hot, just leave it whole. Like put it, put it in a stew or in a, you know, a pie mm. or in a casserole, whatever you're and doing. And then take it out. And then take it out. But right. you, and you'll get the fragrance and some of the heat, but it won't be overwhelming. Yeah. Some people do the old, like where they pierce the chilies and then put it in and take it out. Any point in that? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> too much fat. I mean, what you know, using possibly, to do that? <laughs> but if you're going to pierce it, you may as well chop it. I, you know, I mean, I guess, the, I guess the science behind that might be then you're letting some, some of the heat out. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, too much fat. Possibly, I like to I like to roast a chili. Yeah, because then you bring out. Now I like to roast. I everything. like I like roasting everything yeah. because it just brings out natural sweetness, and I think it always it almost makes the thing more of itself. Yeah, you know. So, but this isn't you're not confiting. You're no, there's a, there's a no. bit of oil. There's just not a, a little of bit oil. of oil. Just a little bit of oil. I mean, you could confit, but then it's very gentle. Yeah. I like the char. The Did you see when I took it? Yeah. It's like a bit charred. A little bit of that char bitterness works with the sweetness from the tomato and the acidity and then the heat and the fragrance and the chili. And then you've got whole garlic cloves and then you get a little bit of floral from the herbs. Oh and then so, you're going to blitz. And then and blitz that up. We're going to blitz that up with oh olive God, oil. Oh, yeah. Can <laughs> Can we do yeah. this? Let's, let's, do, do, this. let's do this. Let's sandwich. do this. Let's do this. Okay, okay, amazing. 
So today, what are you going to make me for your sandwich? I am going to make you a Swedish style open sandwich. And I decided, I mean, we can, you can choose actually, but I think I'd like to use the, I bought two different types of bread. Ooh. Uh, I went oh. to Spence Bakery. Be yeah. quiet, Scout. That's our friend. Delicious. I bought uh, like a country style sourdough. Yeah. But I am more inclined <laughs> to go with the focaccia. I'm going to take your lead on this. I, I think we should I go with the focaccia. You. We're going to do a toasted, open Swedish style sandwich okay. with a crispy, like an Escovich mackerel. And I'm going to do a gooseberry Escovich. Escovich is like a uh, Caribbean Scotch bonnet pickle. And but I've got all these lovely little gooseberries because it's gooseberry season. It is. So um, I'm going to put gooseberries. See that over there is the Escovitch pickle. So I'm going to add gooseberries to the Escovitch, and uh, and I've got beautiful mackerel from Jane's and some, which is the wonderful fisherman on um, Stokey Church Street. Okay, He's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and um, Lewis, his name is, and I just I love him. So I went and bought some gorgeous mackerel fillets. We're going to fl- season them, uh, coat them with seasoned flour, and make them crispy. We're going to toast the focaccia. Then the fish is going to go on top of that, and then the lovely pickle (laughs) and I've got some radish we may have a little bit of shaved radish on there we'll see we've got some spring on it we'll see how it develops and would you is this your normal kind of go-to for a sandwich open plan oh yeah I like an open sandwich because I don't like too much bread right I don't like too lots of bread and I tend to if I've got two sides I tend to take it all apart anyway yeah yeah so I quite like one just it's really to hold the food. It's a vehicle for the it's flavor. It's a vehicle for the food. <laughs> the bread is a vehicle for the food. So okay. we're going to use this lovely sort of herby focaccia. Quite nice looking. Oh, look oh my at God, that. I love it. Look at that. That's good. Mm, smell that. Oh, it's got loads of onion and, and thyme and rosemary and stuff going on in there. It's beautiful, isn't it? That is. And slightly oily. We like it a bit I oily. like the oil. Okay. So that's what's going to happen there. Okay, amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's come back once you're all... And, and I'm making you a tomato chilli roast. Yeah, uh, this oil. I'm excited yeah. about. All right. Okay. So we're going with the focaccia, babe. Yay! Okay, this, this is, is amazing. Do you want wow. to just talk us through yes. your... Okay, so we've got toasted uh, focaccia, lovely, redolent with the with the rosemary and the oil, beautiful, simple, lovely, classic focaccia from Spence. And then we've got uh, mackerel fillets that I pin boned, actually, because there were a few little bones in there. Right. Pin boned, roll them in seasoned flour and just fry them off in olive oil and a little bit of butter. It's got paprika and a little bit of cumin and salt and a couple of other little bits in there. And then we've got the Escovitch pickle, which is roasted peppers and scotch bonnets uh, in a pickling vinegar that I made, little pickling thing that I made, of, you know, like last week. So it's just in there in a jar. It's a really nice thing to keep in your fridge. Okay. Um, so then we've got the Escovitch pickle and I've added gooseberries to that. Yeah. And then some, a tiny little drizzle of your roast tomato chili oil and then spring onions and a little spritz of lime. This is delicious. Thank you so Let's much. Let's hope so, huh? Should we cut it? Yes. Don't know how we're going to eat it. How are we going to oh, eat it? Oh, and can I, I say, if you want? Yeah, we're on. So I we've left it open. Yes. Because I just, I just think I love the. I like to be able to see the inside of the sandwich, and also I spent. My best friend is Swedish. Spent a lot of time with Nana in Sweden, and you get used to eating things like that. And it's just, it's kind of a better way to have a sandwich. And are you I going think. in with hands or or, or I think cutlery? Pick it up. I think you pick it up and you stick just your face stick. in it, and then. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, we can pretend, but hey, That's you're amongst friends. Happen. Let's just stick our face in. Yeah. Thank you pick so much, Pat. Don't you? 
Oh, don't eat it yet because I haven't eaten. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on, I'm on. We're never doing uh, something like this hungry yet. We have no, to have a I big know. burger before we do this I again. I know. Anna. <laughs> um, well, I should just say thank you so much. This You're looks so incredible. Welcome. Thank you for having to... me. I don't want to leave. Thank you. It's lovely to have you in our home. You're like the first person that we've let in, really. <laughs> Actually. You are. People have been trying to get into all sorts of things in lockdown. We're like, no. No, rules are rules. But it's nice to have you here. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Thank Anna. you for having uh-huh. me. Thank you.